Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I am Alex. And I'm Britton. Uh, so I, I want to quickly open, we, <laughs> last week, we've been doing a lot of schedule rearranging for our, our, our movie slate for the upcoming weeks. And last week, I think I implied very much that I was not going to like this week's movie. I thought we were doing a different one. We ended up changing it. So whatever I said at the end of last week's episode... Um, I, I uh, strike that from the record, please. Thank you. Look, a lot of the movies that we're having to play catch up on that have come out this year that we haven't already done are not looking great. <laughs> the outlook is not overly positive here. So, I don't know. We picked the one that we thought we might like first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say we succeeded in, in, that, in that guess. But now we have to suffer through weeks of crap Potentially. At least I do. <laughs> Potentially. Um, I'm probably going to have a fine time with everything. So y'all figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> but in the meantime, we watched the Breast Predator movie. So Yeah. Yeah, I we did. I, <clears throat> yeah, so I was not <laughs> here for when y'all did the Alien and Predator movies. I have not. I, the only Predator movie that I have seen is the first one and i saw it years and years ago so i was i don't really remember it very well i know the the stuff everybody knows about getting to the chopper and stuff sure. but like <laughs> i basically have to view this as a standalone movie um sure which i think it kind of works on that well not entirely <laughs> um but we'll talk about it um so yeah i don't have like i, I i'm not going into this with affection or baggage <laughs> um, sure. uh, in the way that, that y'all could be. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have baggage. Tyler has baggage. <laughs> I do. What? So what, when was, was the last Predator movie 2018? Yes. And is that the one with Keegan-Michael Key and Yvonne Strahovski? Yep. Yes. What alien movie came out closest to that? Uh, that would be Covenant. Alien Covenant. Yeah, Covenant. Which is worse between the two? Yes. <laughs> probably the Predator. Okay. Uh, it's a tough call, but probably the Predator. And it's a call I don't. And care. what about Predators? <laughs> what about Predators v Prometheus? <laughs> you know, that sounds better than anything oh, either of these franchises I produced, aside from Prey, in the last. 30 years <laughs> see i actually want to interact with this conversation i actually like this and and tyler's just like get me out of here so well because I, so I think i don't remember britain, can I, that well britain i think maybe can i just like can i just say the movie titles okay of of these movies please this is a fair exercise i i agree start, with this start from the beginning <laughs> and just i'm just gonna like just literally and I think I I think they're all seared into my brain, so I think I remember them all. Okay. Uh, but just like say the movie titles, and we, and back in the day we did combine Alex and I did these two franchises, Predator and Alien, in in one go, uh, and then you're welcome. Got, I think Alien Covenant came out after that, and yep. the Predator did as well. Um, but did did the initial the initial section? Uh-huh. So it's Alien, uh, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get like everything exactly chronologically correct in terms of order it's fine but alien predator aliens uh predator 2 alien 3 alien resurrection alien versus predator alien versus predator requiem uh prometheus predators uh 
Alien Covenant and then The Predator. Okay. Just a like few, a few I, things what, out of order, but generally you get what's it. what's your vibe? What's sure. <laughs> how does that feel? I did not realize <laughs> that there were only four before this movie standalone Predator movies. Yeah, I, I would have assumed there was a Predator three in there somewhere. I was like, I don't know. Thomas Jane probably had something to do. with Well, it. Predators is Thomas Jane is in the Predator. Called it, but the I, I, I guess I mean I thought there would literally have been a movie called Predator three. You know what sure, I mean? Right. Like I somewhere in the mid nineties, I thought I didn't think they would just do Predator, Predator two, and then the team up with with Alien because no. I'm assuming they team up against another bad guy and they don't actually. Neither one of them wins or loses. No, they actually fight each other. Yeah, it's just and humans well, are kind of just caught in the middle. Well, they they fight each other in Alien versus Predator and Alien versus Predator Requiem. Uh, your brain will just kind of like implode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it'll just you know like it kind of gets into a weird dark corner of your brain matter, and you know you'll you'll kind of forget what you've been watching for the last hour and a half or whatever, and then you'll come out of it and be like, I feel weaker and tainted for having experienced that and i now have to go about my daily life um this is the worst franchise uh, if we are combining the two uh and this is uh i'm going to stake my claim on it the best movie in either franchise since aliens so (laughs) uh yeah i can get with that let's talk about prey what what are the numbers and stuff sure prey from 2022, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. It has a 93% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 76% audience score. Hmm. Interesting. That's a real that's a higher critic score than I would have would have thought. Well, I think a lot of it is just genuine shock after sure. many, yeah. many bad Predator movies. And honestly, yeah. like maybe just franchise movies this year as well, just a sense of like, oh hey, <laughs> this is yeah. After watching Jurassic World and whatever. Yeah. Um, just real quick, because uh, I, I feel like we need a little bit of a refresher for where we sit grade-wise with some of these movies before we get into it. At least the Predator movies. I, I won't get into Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to just address these real quick. So the first Predator, and Britton, like you said, you have... You've only seen the first one, but you were not with us for that. Oh, episode. yeah. it was. I was like 22. <laughs> it was years ago. Okay, so the first Predator, I gave it a B minus. You gave it a C plus, Tyler. Then Predator Two, I gave it a C minus. You gave it a D. Then jumping down to Alien versus Predator, I gave it a D. You gave it an F. Then AVP Requiem, as we all know, one of the worst movies ever. We both gave it Fs. Then Predators, I gave it a C plus. You gave it a C minus. And then the Predator, all the way further down. Like a hundred episodes later, we both gave it a D plus. Okay, we got a whole bunch. These are it's just a group of winners. I stand by my statements, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Um, I wasn't in love with this movie, but I do agree it is quite strong and definitely right. out of that pack. It is it is up there as one of the best, if not the best. Hard for me to say at this point. Sure. Uh, And that movie, uh, Prey, uh, has a synopsis that goes thus. A skilled Comanche warrior protects her tribe from a highly evolved alien predator that hunts humans for sport, fighting against wilderness, dangerous colonizers, and this mysterious creature to keep her people safe. 
Um, yeah, this movie takes place in 1716, I think is what the title card says. Um, on the Great Plains, way out there. Um, yeah, I should also do a quick, uh, this is my own caveat. I did not do a lot of research on this movie. I don't know the level of involvement of Native people on the movie. I think the movie is done with a lot of mm-hmm. care to be respectful of Native people. Um, I, I can't say whether the casting is tribe-specific, but I know these are Native actors. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I, I don't know if, you know, the co-writer is Native himself or how what the consultant's situation were like. Was like, uh, it, it definitely does not feel, and I also don't know what like the Native reaction to it has been. Um, but I haven't heard about a lot of backlash, and I feel like if it were really terrible, we probably would would know by now. Sure, um, right. And uh, but yeah, I, I I like that this movie leans so much into that, um, mm-hmm. and into that facet. Uh, but I just, I, I yeah, yeah. I think it does a smart thing too, which you can maybe dive right into is the language, uh, because the entire movie is kind of presented in a way where the characters the the native characters talk to each other and they don't have accents really yeah uh they're speaking english they're just speaking english and they're mostly speaking the way people would speak to each other in modern english yeah uh and then the the colonizers from the synopsis the uh people that uh they end up running into are french trappers Mm -hmm. uh so they speak in french so we never really address like are they speaking I, the, the way the movie presents it, they start speaking in Comanche and then start speaking in English. And then like occasionally they have Comanche like terms that come back up. Um, but the movie doesn't have to like focus in on that and address like, are we hearing them in English or are we hearing yeah. them in their language? It's translated to us. It's just like, oh, these these people are French, so they don't. Yeah, yeah. No, you, no you don't, you don't have anyway. a scene where they run into some english-speaking colonizers and now suddenly they have to go well now they're speaking english but now we're gonna have naru speaking comanche like yeah Yeah. well and i think the movie does a clever thing where the the literal beginning of the movie just a black screen you hear i think naru speaking in comanche Mm -hmm. and then she starts speaking in english as a kind of cue cue to the audience that like they're all speaking comanche we're hearing it in english and from then on and the the there were two, not even blips, that I noticed. One thing I liked is that there is something, I, I can't remember the word for it, but she's constantly talking about, especially at the beginning, wanting to participate or take essentially this like rite of passage idea that like she wants to go on this big hunt. And in by doing that, she'll become a hunter. But there, she and her, her brother are using the Comanche word for that that practice or that concept. And I liked that because that, is clearly just the name of that thing. It's not, mm-hmm. this is the Comanche word for laughter. You know, it's not like you're watching a Spanish movie and there is a movie that would be set in a Spanish speaking country and they're, but they're speaking English. And then randomly they go, you know, well, this place sure is Susio. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not this random other thing. It's like, that's called what that is. Yeah. It's like, that's called a tortilla or that's called what have you. We're, we're not, we, we don't need to kind of create a, a, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I'm relieved they didn't have her say something like, I have to complete the blood trials. Right. Or compete in the proving, you know, that kind you of stuff. You don't understand. I have two bears. I have in two me. bears. <laughs> me. Um, Took my joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
was about to say my I, I instantly had to downgrade my my uh, my my feelings on the movie when when it didn't open with her talking about two bears. <laughs> well, Alex, I guess you shouldn't have listened to the hesitation bear inside of you and God. leaned more into the initiative bear every uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I like that. the The one thing I noted is that she uses, I believe, Comanche commands with her dog. Mm. Um, but I think otherwise, yeah, they pretty much use, unless it's terms like a term of endearment or something from her mother, like something like that, that you go, well, that's so, so culturally specific. It, or even like some of the terms are just colloquial. There's not right, just like right. a very, like there's not a one-to-one translation exactly. to English. So yeah. yeah. And, and like from a representation standpoint, it's also nice that like, yeah, we're not good. We're, we're going to use that for Comanche viewers. They're like, oh yeah, that's that, that term we have. Um, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about this just cause I'm the one who's always kind of getting annoyed mm-hmm. by this. I think this is the best possible way to address this, um, while still appealing to a mainstream audience of mostly yeah. English speaking, uh, film watchers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it, once I got like five minutes in, it wasn't really bothering me at all. I kind of understood the logic of, okay, they're speaking English for our benefit, but in their world, they are speaking right. Comanche. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, and like you said, throwing in some of those terms and, you know, some of the cultural elements like that, that does, that does help quite a bit. Um, and I think I was going to say real quick, I think it helps that like sometimes when this happens, when they do stuff like this, uh, where it's like the language you're, you're speaking English, uh, and you're not really explaining why, you know, I don't know that I think the one we always go back to is Captain America, the first sure. Avenger, all the Germans yeah. speak English, but in German accents. Um, this is nice because it doesn't leave me wishing that they just spoke in Comanche the whole time because the fact that it translates sort of the communication styles into a modern style so yeah. well makes it feel more like, like kind of divides some of that both, time time wise and language wise yeah. divide the barriers so that you're like oh these are just characters they're not right, right, right. i'm not like movies have a way of portraying native americans that a lot of the time is like just over the top or like doesn't feel like a real person and feels like a stereotype and like that this totally sidesteps that by by having it this way so i think it actually yeah it's a good like decision as well uh that they they found a way to make it work while also applying to or appealing to English speaking audiences or yeah. audiences that needs to be translated to. So Yeah, and I definitely would like if they if they had just shot the movie in full Comanche and they were like, We're doing it, I would have respected yeah. them just in the sense of like, yeah, let's let's go for yeah. it. But this makes a lot of sense and I do think it it works. And the movie's still and, and I have I do not know anything about the Comanche culture. I'm do not say say this from a, an educated standpoint, but the movie still feels culturally specific, and it doesn't feel like it's like it's making concessions that are sacrificing those things for like English speaking benefit. So much that saying, well, we're aware that this is largely going to go to English speaking audiences, so this is how we'll get around the the language part of it. But this still feels culturally specific um, to an outsider like me, anyway. I still ultimately feel like they should have just leaned into it and just said, no, we're, we're having them speak Comanche. That would, would be, be my dream. It would have been cool. And just, I don't know if when they made the film, they were like, this is going to be made for the theater. Um, yeah. Cause 
this was being pitched while they were shooting the predator. Hmm. So this, this goes back a number of years in terms of the development. Um, and then obviously the Disney Fox merger happened and this one kind of got shifted around. I don't know if it was always planned to be a streaming release Mm -hmm. basically. Um, but if they were sticking with a streaming release from the get go, I kind of wish they had gone with, no, we're having them speak Comanche and we're going to take this risk because it's going to streaming. We can afford (coughs) to do that. Yeah. I think that would have been really neat. And apparently there is a dub in Comanche. Yeah. Which. All right. That's, that's (laughs) not quite the same thing. Um, but I'm I'm not the biggest fan of dubs. I would prefer to be like, no, what is the language that right, the right, actors right. are actually speaking? That's what I want the audio to be. Um, so I do respect that. I think they they kind of did their best to kind of hit every potential red flag in terms mm-hmm. of we're trying to please everybody. We promise. Yeah. Um, we don't want to offend anyone here. <laughs> take I, your take it your picket line somewhere else, please. <laughs> I do take it to Ridley Scott, who I'm sure is writing another (laughs) alien movie, right, Tyler? It's called Alien colon Gods and Kings. Um, (laughs) I I feel like I'm glad this came to streaming in terms of it was clearly or it seems no one releases rating information, but Hulu is saying it was a big hit for them. And I it made it easier for me to watch it for the podcast. However, I think this movie would work really well in a theater. And so, yeah. Uh, I kind of wish it had gone to a theater because I bet it. I bet some of these scenes look really good on a on a big screen, um, especially some of the scenery. Uh, so, and that was another one of my favorite things about the movie was I really loved the way it looked. I really loved the scenery, and it's weird to praise a movie for the scenery because it's like you didn't make it, <laughs> but but you knew how to shoot it. And I, mm-hmm. the lighting is like I think it's a lot of natural light, but they shoot at a lot of interesting times of day like early morning or like yeah. early evening and you get some just really nice images. And I just, I liked how big the sky was. And like, there's like a scene of Naru just like walking through her, her uh, uh, tribe. And there's just, just the sky. I kept looking at the sky behind her. Cause it's full of clouds and it was just gorgeous, which again, I, I, unless they went through and like digitized all those clouds, I think this is the way the sky looked that day. But it was they captured it really well, and I just yeah. generally liked the way the movie, the way the movie looked. And it's this is his second movie, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Ten Cloverfield Lane, but we'll get there eventually. Which is also impressive. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I love that movie. And does not have a lot of sky, I would assume. Ah, uh, I don't know. I haven't watched the picture. Boy, oh, it was a Quetzalcoatl uh. the whole time. <laughs> I. uh yeah, there's there's one particular scene early on in this movie, which is kind of the introduction of the premise, uh, where there's a big flat just shot of uh, Naru and and Sari, Sir Dog, uh, yeah, or Sunny, right? maybe I can't remember. Uh, they're they're standing on a cliff overlooking again this like mountain range, these gorgeous like gray clouds, uh, and they're standing for a minute uh and then like it doesn't it doesn't cut and immediately show you what she's looking at yeah it it shows you this big flat landscape and then you see the predator ship is crashing through the clouds uh and change our this as a thunderbird um but it's it's a really interesting way to frame that of having it be like 
look at the scene, then have this thing enter the scene. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of the time it would be like, she she walks out and we see the big reveal shot and oh my gosh what's falling from the sky like yeah, it, yeah. it's it's a it's a more interesting thoughtful way of kind of having that uh, enter the movie. Uh, I do think this movie would be weird if you had no concept of the predator. Sure, I was thinking about that. I, you you mentioned that uh, when I was watching it. I, yeah. I I think like I don't know that there's much way around it. Um, but the the. The Predator design is so specific uh, and comes from such a wild kind of of the era movie design Sure, uh, that is very much just trying to be like this big crazy monster and, and go as far as they can with that. It's got big laser guns and like all this stuff so that like you can't really translate that into something that, that sells easily as a, a premise mm-hmm. for a alien that crashes down in the 1700s like right normally if that was if that was your premise that you were working on it wasn't a predator movie it would be like is a creepy tall blue guy bald bald blue guy and he's got lasers and that's like yeah i'm kind of going off of like prometheus and stuff but like that that is the conception that you would use most of the time for this is something that's a lot simpler and more straightforward and like oh that's an alien yeah um so the fact that this, the predator still has like the or the invisibility technology, and he's got the laser sights, but it's for homing arrows instead of just straight up lasers, uh, and he's got like green blood still, uh, and he's got a helmet that looks more primitive, but it's which is actually very cool. I great. think this, this design overall for the the predator's design in the movie is very very good. I like it yeah. a lot, um, but. It is a weird, like, I think if you just saw this and had no idea. Yes. Had had never heard of the Predator franchise or whatever, and this is just, like, an entry. It'd be kind of weird because the Predator is the only connection to the Predator franchise, right, which I, right. is, is sounds like an obvious statement, but, like, the, no one comes in to explain, like, Oh, by the way, in in three hundred years, the predators will return. <laughs> oh no, that's my wee son, that's my wee son Dutch. <laughs> Ar- Arnold doesn't come crashing down, um, like two thirds of the way through the movie. Oh, yeah. Where am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm back in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, there there's no framing device to kind of right. like say. By the way, this is a, ki- a creature from another movie, and we're yeah. just kind of borrowing it to tell a cool story ourselves. It's like. That I could see being very jarring if you're... I, I don't know that anybody would be watching this movie without the conception of the Predator already in their head, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it is kind of an interesting, like, oh, no, we literally just want to use this design, and we're going to go do our own thing, and yeah. don't ask us for anything else. <laughs> like, no, it would be kind of wild if you were just like, oh, it's this, like, native, like, thriller. Let me watch it. What is this thing? <laughs> yeah. What? But also, like Dan Trachtenberg has said that he wishes the marketing did not make it clear that it was a Predator movie. He kind of wishes that it was just like it's it is some thriller with a Native American character, and then you get five minutes in. Oh my God, it's a Predator movie! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad to talk about framing devices. It's nice that this movie doesn't end with like you know someone it like flashes forward to contemporary times, and someone finds like uh her arrow, the helmet. Yeah, they find the helmet and. They look up and it's a little boy and they're like, hey, come on, we're playing. And it's like a young Danny Glover. <laughs> and you don't realize that. <laughs> no, no, that. no, it's, it's, 
it's it's uh what was it Boyd Holbrook in his his fancy Iron Man <laughs> Predator suit. There you go. This is my it's my new suit, Bubba. <laughs> Do you remember that, Tyler? Do you remember when we watched the Predator and recorded it for a podcast? <laughs> but yeah, Britain. That is that is yeah. how that movie ends. By the way, he he has the line, "That's my new suit, Bubba." I, and that's that's how it ends. Well, I'm gonna watch completely it. Completely forgot about that. <laughs> I got to do my recommendation about that, man. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I hope, I hope that they make another one of these, and it's Boyd Holbrook, uh, who is quite good in the Sandman. I don't know if I mentioned that when I recommended the Sandman, but hey, he's found better things to do. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's, he's good in the Predator. It's just a bad movie, sure. Um, but it's 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 him, and and Naru gets time displaced, and also old Arnold Schwarzenegger is there. Uh, Danny and Glover like, and Adrian Brody are there too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, who's a random? Get Sana Lathan can... from the first Alien versus Predator. Get everyone. Well, I was gonna say random character they can borrow from. Like, have somebody that doesn't make any sense from the Prometheus timeline. Like, have Michael Fassbender. Yeah, be, be in it. Yeah, an Android. Uh, and just make the worst movie you can make. I would like to see it. Give it to. It's gonna feel mean if I don't pick one of our like normal meme directors. I mean, actually, I mean, give it to Zack Snyder. That would be fun. That would be a good time. I'd watch it. I I have been. I I came to this realization like mm-hmm. a year or two ago. I was like, Zack Snyder is tailor made for an Alien versus Predator movie. That is that is his. That would be him. That is his mind put on the screen is alien versus predator. <laughs> I'm assuming that Ivan Strahovski is just like a worried at home wife, right? In that movie. Which one? If, uh, the predator. I think so. Probably. Yeah, probably. Man, she's great. Um, Alfie Allen plays a character named Lynch in that. So that's, does he? Yeah. Poor IMDb. I haven't seen the picture. I should also point out, First Cow has a framing device about people finding stuff from the main storyline, well, no. but that's a great movie. So, well, that's a completely different thing because <laughs> no, that is like that is a framing device that is about like taking you into history. It's right, like, right. Oh, this this is a original script <laughs> that is about an original idea. Yeah. Or I, I think maybe it's based on. Is it based on a short story? I think a book, but like by uh, the screenwriter. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, no, it is like. A framing device for story and thematic purposes, not a framing device to connect it to a yes, brand. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, no, that's... 100%. Ooh, ABC. Well, yeah, because whatever the framing device would be, it would just be a sequel bait. It wouldn't yeah. be like, yeah. no, no, this is meant to just exist for the sake of this movie, and we've got an interesting reason for it. It would just be like, like the alien, the, the end of Alien vs. Predator Requiem, I think they get one of the, the Predator laser guns, and they deliver it to some business person at Utani. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Wayland Utani, you, you think you're so freaking clever. Stop no, it. They delivered to Skynet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I that would be good. I kind of liked that that this movie because again, I wouldn't have known if there were references or I mean I would have understood what a framing device was doing, but I wouldn't have like really gotten it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. like that. I like that it's a prequel. Whatever. It's in, don't worry about it. It's a, yeah. it's a native thriller and they're fighting a predator. Have fun. Well what's really neat is that there's one aside from the predator there is one connection to the sequels at at the very end when the revolver that she gets mm. 
is the weapon that is like an elder predator. Basically, when Danny Glover gets to the end of his movie and he's beaten his predator, he gets visited by a whole bunch of other predators and they give him that gun as like a trophy. Hmm. Huh. Weird. At least I'm pretty sure it's the same gun. I missed that. Does it but have I think the name, right. whatever the name is on it? I think so. And it's got the date, too. Oh, wow. That's also weird that predators are like, good job killing one of us. Here's a gun from 300 years in your past. Predator yeah. 2 is strange. It yeah. sounds like it. Uh. <laughs> That's when the predator comes to New York, right? Yeah. I think it's LA. LA. I'm assuming. Oh, I bet. Oh, sure. I bet there's a lot of funny scenes of him on like seeing the Hollywood sign and the predator's like so excited to meet Iron Man, but it's not really Iron Man. He's just on like Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about like where the real burritos are and stuff. That is he really does funny. indeed ride the subway. Oh, that's funny. Does he go on like a funny bus tour? No. With like Horatio <laughs> Sands is doing the the, the expl- explanation of stuff. Look, if nothing else, that movie gives Bill Paxton more time to just do Bill Paxton. That's things. true. He can't be too mad at it. Okay. He can't be too mad at okay. it. Okay. I do like the idea of Predator goes to Manhattan. Predator takes mm-hmm. Manhattan. And it's just him like taking in a show, trying to figure out the subway map, you know. We're going to get to Friday the 13th eventually. Are we? Yeah. Jason does take Manhattan. That's in the title does of one he? of the movies. Back. Is it? Quite. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh-huh. it keeps it very limited in terms of the references. There's, yeah. there's the line where her brother goes, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And it's like, okay, that's, if you're going to reference a line from the first Predator sure. movie, that is perfectly fine. It's not, they didn't somehow try and shoehorn in, get to the chopper yeah, or anything yeah. like, or I ain't got time to bleed or, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the cheesier ones, yeah. you know? Um, I thought it was very tastefully mm-hmm. done. It d- yeah. did a, and it really is one of those things where it's, once the movie gets made, you're like, why was this not the original sequel? Why is this not the direction they went? Because this is so much more interesting than mm. all of the other sequels. Um, I yeah, remember pre- hearing the premise of this, and it's like, oh, it's about – it's set in a different time period. I'm like, okay, they've established in these movies that the Predators have kind of visited Earth throughout time. That's a really neat spin. I don't know if that necessarily means that I would want just a bunch of different – you know, right. historical movies with predators coming down and visit. You know, I, I don't need I don't need a predator to uh, to uh, visit Paris during the French Revolution or anything. But you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who am I? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, audience, for making that sound. Um. <laughs> But I, I really just think this is just <laughs> a fun. Sp- it's a fun spin on the concept. No, I agree. I completely agree. But you know, it's 1990, man. George H. W. Bush era. Like we were, we were thinking about different things. We were all signing the ADA and dancing in the streets. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Listening to what was a hit song in 1990? Um, probably like the Beatles. I mean, probably. Yeah, we were all dancing to the. We were all doing the Humpty Dance, guys. <laughs> We were all too busy doing the Humpty Dance. We didn't want to think about 1716. We were living in, in the now. Predator 2 is definitely a movie that does not know what it wants to do. Or, yeah. like, does not know where to take the premise. Uh, sure. And I think ultimately ends up, like, just doing the same movie in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. It's sure. like, hey, this is fine, right? 
But then there's different. a sequence towards the end where they have a bunch of soldiers in a room and it's supposed to be like aliens because they've yeah. all got cameras strapped to them and they get picked off one by one. Ah. Um, I I really liked how much of a subversion this was of the original film and taking all of the, the sequels and pushing it to the side. Like even the title. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. This is Great. very clever. Well, and I um, like too that they don't go too far. Like she gets stuck in mud, but there's not a like, oh, covering me in mud to hide from the thing. Because yeah. she wouldn't know that he can, she wouldn't figure that out. Well, also, they have another way of figuring that out, because she's got the medicine that cools your blood. Right, right. And somehow that's able to disguise her from from the, uh, the, I don't know. He's got like a heat. A heat sensor. Body heat. Is that how it works in the other movies? I think so, because I think that's how the mud works as well. I think it's like I can't remember. I just know, Tyler, you're annoyed every time there's a Predator movie, and they have to have the slow buildup that, oh, hey, they're discovering a Predator is here, and the first shot we always get is predator vision and he's clicking yeah yeah um i I, yeah this one it does do that at some point but i think before that we get a kind of establishing scene where the predator kills a wolf Mm -hmm, uh, that is very good and very cool and uses a lot of those big like they're on a plane and there's just this big backdrop of the sky behind them and they're kind of like clashing and then it zooms out again uh and the predator guts it uh, when the wolf like turns cool and you fight. think that the wolf is okay and then it collapses yeah, yeah. yeah and before that they had the food chain scene of an ant getting eaten by a rabbit the rabbit getting bitten by a snake and the predator skinning the snake mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think all of that just plays really nicely into naru and her story and the fact that she wants to become a warrior and a hunter and right. you know life and death and and you know everything going in circles like i liked all that well, stuff yeah, and the fact that, like, and this is something that helps with, like, more context from the other movies, but definitely some of the idea behind the Predator is it is here to test its skills in hunting. Yeah. Uh, and I forget which ones bring in this concept, but I know at least some of them talk about, like, they the Predators as a rite of passage are supposed to go on a hunt. Um, I don't know if that's exactly what's supposed to be happening here. But either way, it's, like, both of these both our antagonists and protagonists are trying to prove themselves yeah. by going on a hunt and they end up hunting each other. And that is, I think it, it works really well and infuses it with a different vibe than just like, these are soldier men trying to survive against a big monster. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's just a fun change of pace because in the first film, it's very much like macho dude, bro army guys. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a fun idea there where it's like, oh, the ultimate warriors on this planet are nothing to the Predator. He just right. kills them, like, yeah. easily. And only Arnold, because of his ingenuity, is able to survive the day. It's not because he has bigger arms or bigger guns. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I like that they kind of go the exact opposite. They're like, no, we've got just, like, a teenage girl who's who's trying to become a warrior, yeah. and everyone thinks that she can't do it. I, I, I don't know. That was just really, really mm-hmm. neat, and it really helped it from becoming just the predator again which is what most of the sequels yeah. are um particularly that second one where it's like yeah danny glover he like he's not like jacked like arnold but it's still just like a bunch of guys with guns yeah <laughs> you know it's yeah. it's still very much in the same vein i like how this one plays a lot with her her leaning into like her figuring it out oh that he is he is targeting whatever the strongest entity is yeah. in the environment and so she's constantly like no it's actually that guy oh it's it's actually that guy and that she is the most dangerous person 
And so then <clears throat> she is able to to trick him in that way. Um, I think it has a very nice line that it rides where this movie allows her to make mistakes and to grow and learn from them. Yeah. Like the whole mud sequence I thought sure. was great because yeah. I'm like, she's not, we're not even dealing with a predator right now. Yeah, it's right, just the right. environment just, that she's dealing yeah, with. Her against oh, this elders. is really cool. Um, and, and there's all sorts of scenes like that sprinkled through the first third of the movie. Um, but she's not an idiot. Right. So she gets challenged by her environment and by the predator, but she's not just making stupid decisions. Like, I I, I don't know. It, it had a nice give and take where I'm like, oh, she actually feels like a real person who's who's trying to get good at this thing, and she's not good at it at the beginning. Yeah. And, and okay. It's, it's like a movie. <laughs> and then you don't feel like the faults are because she's not – she's actually inept. You feel like it's because she's in a crazy situation for anybody – even like – her brother Tabe and the other warriors are like completely outmatched and they don't know what to do either. They're like, yeah. no, she's in this crazy situation because it's a crazy situation, but also she is still learning all what her talents are. And we see her practicing with the tomahawk and she built the, the two, the, the double tomahawk and everything. Um, Which is really, really cool. <laughs> it's very cool. <clears throat> it's very good. Yeah. The whole time I kept getting, I was like, this is like Aloy from horizon zero dawn. Um, and also if Danny Moonstar were maybe a more effective character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do we think of Amber Mid-Thunder as Naru? I think she did all right. Yeah, I thought she was good. I liked uh, Dakota Beavers, I believe, is her brother. The guy who plays her brother. I, I liked him, too. And I think he had a nice balance of, of like, he is, he, it is the patriarchal thing of, like, you can't do this, but also a sense of, no, I know you, and I know that you're more capable it's like I know you're more capable than they think you are, but I still don't. I still don't believe that you're as capable as you know you are. Yeah. It was. It was a nice sort of like, okay, I never went so far as to be like, oh my god, her dumb idiot brother. But I yeah. also wasn't like, oh, her brother is like full on Ned Stark about this. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I he's got that. that nice. He's got the nuance of of wanting to be protective and yeah. wanting to you know not completely shut her down. Like when everyone else is like, no, you can't come along. Yeah, and like when they go to oh, rescue, no, I'm gonna come up with reasons that that yeah. will be justified, you know, justifiable right. to them at least. And when he goes back to when they go to re rescue the guy at the beginning, his thing is, no, you need to go back with them because you're the one who can keep him safe. Like you're the healer, right? And you're our cleric right now, so like you need to be there. This is not about what you can't do. This is about what you can do. Um, and like the the movie is is fairly light on characters like there are a lot of humans in the movie but they don't delve into that many characters which mm -hmm. i think is fine for an hour 40 thriller yep there's one little girl in the tribe whose job it is whose job is to announce whenever someone's come back with a severed head <laughs> that's kind of her role in in the tribe um but you know there's tabe and there's the bully um and then there's the the evil french people yeah french marcati yeah <laughs> Marcadi. <laughs> uh, that's um, I, I, Tyler, it's interesting that you brought up that just the way that they were speaking was made to be more contemporary, I guess. Like, it's not, it's mm -hmm. not distracting in terms of like, oh, I'm having to like adjust to, um, different speech patterns. Yeah. Or like, like a faux, like what we think they would have done. Yeah. This faux, everyone's like overly verbose kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And, to be honest, I had a hard time really determining whether or not I liked some of the delivery of the dialogue. Some of it felt really flat. 
but I couldn't tell how much of it was just like everyone was giving understated physical performances or if it was just everyone was just delivering flat dialogue. Like it wasn't terrible, but I wasn't I don't know that that was something that was not really grabbing me all that much. But so much of this movie is is um, is not about dialogue. It's just about visuals and the actions that the characters are making. So it's not the biggest deal. But that was something that I I don't know. I had a hard time kind of determining if that bothered me or not. Yeah, I, I think I was mostly celebrating that the movie doesn't have like. Ah, yes, he went to the he went to Tall Mountain. You know, they didn't have the like overly, I don't know. They they, they weren't talking like stereotypical Native Americans. Um, But yeah, I I agree. Like no no one in the movie is like amazing, but it's not that kind of movie. (laughs) Like you need to be on. I I actually didn't realize, I was looking her up. Amber Midthunder was on Legion, I think was another big Mm -hmm. role of hers, which I haven't watched. Um, so I, I don't have any other way of assessing her her abilities, but I will say that is one thing where I think this is kind of a negative comparison against at least the first Predator, and I would argue some of the sequels, um, like the first Predator, very big personality, sure, <laughs> very memorable um, person, yeah. and not just Arnold, but like you've got Carl Weathers, you've got uh, Jesse Ventura, um, isn't Bill Duke you've got in that? Shane Black for what it's worth? <laughs> sure, <laughs> I think Bill Duke is in that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even in the second one, you know, you got Bill Paxton, you got Danny Glover, of course, like it's Gary Busey shows up. Sure. Um, he sure does. Well, he sure does. On, you got a firecracker like Boyd Holbrook. I mean, Alex's I mean, quote on the poster for Predator 2. One thing this movie has over Prey is Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> one thing this movie has dot 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 Gary Busey. <laughs> but even, um, or one like, thing uh, dot 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 Gary Busey. <laughs> predators has adrian brody it's got um, ah, walton goggins there you um, go alice braga mahershala ali's in there for a little bit danny trejo um topher grace for what it's worth i love it uh, i love mahershala ali and walton goggins have said good morning to each other on a movie set i do want yeah. it to be on a different movie sure <laughs> did you mention lawrence Fishburne? did i already oh, oh yeah lawrence Fishburne's yeah. in that larry yeah. um guy but my point is those movies i feel like like they very much work because of their casts and their big personalities and this one to isn't the extent really that really... they work <laughs> right they're leaning heavily on them i'll say that well well that's what i to me those feel like it's like you've got these really interesting cast and you are Giving strapping them, them down yeah strapping them down with a, a script and direction that is not doing them any favors um <clears throat> i mean the first predator lets them be wild at least and kind of over the top um <clears throat> whereas this i think i would i i prefer it this way of like the performances are a lot more understated but that also that really helps drive home the idea of the movie and the reason for making this movie is that it is such a difference from those other movies and ha- and it is like how would they deal with this monster coming down in a world where they are just people trying to live their lives with far less advanced technology? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not really militarized or anything like that. Like <clears throat> they're just not on the same level as some of these other groups that have had to fight predators in the other movies. So it's like they're, they don't have to like have these oversized personalities because they're already doing such an impressive thing by right. overcoming this so sure 
Yeah. And I'm so glad, I, I unless I'm forgetting something, I'm so glad there's not a scene where a bunch of natives find, like, a piece of predator tech and are, like, picking it up and looking mm. at it like, what could this be? What is this fire stick? You know, that they don't, they don't have one of those. And, that, like, they have Danny figure out, or Danny, that's from New Music. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Naru figures out the homing arrows, the little Yondu yep. things he's got. She figures that out, but not in a way that, that, that it doesn't feel like, wait, how did she suddenly grasp not only advanced yep. technology, but alien technology? It's just, she figures out like, oh, they ricochet and the red dots are the homing things. And you don't yep. have, like, she just kind of figures it out in the way that a person can figure out that thing. It's not overly complicated. I, I really like that a lot. And just to reiterate Tyler's point earlier, the predator helmet in this is very good. Mm-hmm. It's very. I liked cool. all the predator tech. I thought it was yeah. fun spins on it where it's like, okay, they they actually thought about the world building here, where it's like, okay, we're dealing with a predator that that is three hundred years older than what we've seen before. Right. What technology can we kind of pull back? Yeah. And we'll mm-hmm. keep it interesting, of course, but we don't need the laser cannon. Yeah. Okay, it shoots a bunch of arrows, but it's still yeah. got the laser targeting. Attack, yeah. And it's got this bulletproof shield thing that can also, like, decapitate that was people. So, I li- that was mm-hmm. a cool shield. I like that a lot. The bit at the end where she's stuck between two yep. rocks and it's trying to get her with with the shield, yeah. that was that was great. <laughs> no, it's intense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I thought that was all very smart, uh, very smart stuff. And there's also a CGI bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did think the CGI on the animals was a little mixed. A little iffy, yeah. I had heard very negative things about that hmm. stuff, and it didn't take me out of the movie. No, no, I was just no. like, it's clearly CG, but whatever. And also, like, for what this bear is doing, I think that works. And that bear, yeah. like, they, they animated the heck out of that bear. Like, that bear is messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bear has lived a life. It's got, like, a huge <laughs> scar right on its forehead. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Also, all its guts ripped out yeah. by the end of the fight with the predator the shot of the bear being just like dragged away from dan uh from oh my god naru is really good we um, shouldn't have mentioned new munit it's, it's just like i did it's it, your brain, I did man. it to myself man britain is being cast back in time right? uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm spending too much time listening to the new mutants bear in me <laughs> to the uh josh woodcomb whoever directed that movie <laughs> what's his name no, we're leaving it to Joshua okay, Josh, I'm not giving you the Josh, answer. Joshua Woodcomb, Joshua P. Woodcomb, director <laughs> at law, made his <laughs> New Mutants movie. Um, but but I, I really and I really liked that there was a moment where you went, is the bear gonna beat the predator? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was great. I like that I mean, same thing with the wolf earlier in the movie yeah, in yeah, the yeah. movie. I like that the predator is not like it doesn't really feel like it's in danger, but sure. it is kind of having to put up a fight. And yeah. like these animals aren't just totally like yeah. pushovers. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a moment of like, Oh, I, Oh, okay. I have to think about this. I can't just like button mash my way through this fight. Right. I did like quite a bit how the French, um, colonizers, uh, came into play. Sure. Um, that scene where she first discovers all of the animals that have basically just been skinned for the pelts. Yeah. And like, there's just this huge area of just dead carcasses. Yeah. Um, I liked that quite a bit. I felt like that was a nice way of getting at thematically what the movie was going for without, without like, 
I didn't, I didn't need Naru giving like a five minute speech, like lecturing sure. at me or anything. It's like, okay, visual storytelling. I well, got and it. that's also a nice fake out of like the predator came and sure. cut, cut them all up. But then I was thinking later, she, I, I can't remember something, but geographically, I was like, wait, why are they going in that direction? Wouldn't the predator have come from this place? And then I realized, I guess, cause it was the, the colonizers. Um, I really liked the, we were talking um, in previous weeks with Kingsman about picking a group of people to let a character just murder in a scene, but we pick a group of people that supposedly the audience won't be bothered to watch mm-hmm. get killed. And I feel like this movie does the better version of that where it's like we were the predator does kill native characters. Like the predator kills two of it. Well, it kills like all the bully, his bully and all his guys. The predator is, does kill Tabe, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tabe is hurt by the French, but he's killed by the predator. Yeah. Right. But then in the the French Dispatch, if you will, where the Predator is just, I mean, just every everything, just doing all his finishers <laughs> on on the the French. It's pretty good. <clears throat> and again, that movie does what we had talked about. Kingsman not doing is that this movie sets up like no, these are like horrible colonizers who were capturing people and killing all these animals selfishly. Like it's yes, yes, but also you're watching a Predator movie, so yeah. The Predator is not the good guy. We're not supposed to root for the Predator as he destroys all these people. But also, here is your violent scene in your action movie. Mm -hmm. And there's a... Isn't it one of them tries to, like, shoot the Predator in the head and it just bounces off of his helmet and hits the guy, like, ricochets into the guy's Mm -hmm. own head? Yep. He uses his little shield to decapitate a man and it, like, smears the blood through the trunk the man was... Yeah. The trunk of the tree the man was standing <laughs> in front of. I can't even really explain like the right. logistics of the shot, but just like know that that is a wild <laughs> thing that happens. He throws a net at a guy that traps him, and then the, yes. the net like squeezes through the guy. What's funny I about that is about that has actually been used in other Predator movies. Like I think at least Alien vs. Predator uses that. Colin Salmon actually gets that death but it's not nearly as interesting because it's a pg-13 movie right sure but he's okay right he's still got to be on arrow yeah okay as the salmon ladder <laughs> that was that's what they didn't tell you is he, <laughs> his character leaves pretty early but he would he would do motion capture for the same <laughs> just standing there with his arms up just moving his arms yeah yeah <laughs> That was that was, that was a very Britain joke. I like that. <laughs> well done, Tyler. Um, I don't know. If, oh, uh, we haven't really talked about the lion at the beginning, which I think is a cool. nice setup, mm-hmm. uh, sort of microcosm of the whole movie, where there is a lion that they know is terrorizing them, and they go out to hunt it. Uh, and Naru has a plan. Where she's like, I'm gonna go climb in this tree and get the lion to try and bait over to me, and then I'll shoot it. But then actually, uh, the the other guy from their tribe that's with them interferes with the plan and gets mauled by a lion. <laughs> uh, and then the lion jumps up in the tree and she falls out of the tree and gets knocked out. And Tabe has to save her. Um, that I think is a really good like. Because there, there's hints throughout that of the predator in the distance, yeah. like it's she hears it roaring sometimes, and like obviously she saw the ship. Uh, but it's a good way of kind of having the build up happen there while there's still a conflict going on, and while it's still like working on her 
character and and again making making mistakes so that she can correct those mistakes later on um i think that's a really smart idea to have because again it all goes back to the the name of the movie and the way that the movie is about like what it means to hunt and how do you hunt something that can also hunt you and like creating that sort of conflict between two two parties that both want to kill each other yeah Uh, i i think it's it's quite smart uh yeah and gives us something to do before the predator stuff really gets going and and tabe has a bit about like i kill them because i used your plan like yeah you you do have you are starting from a foundation here um i like that because once they have taught this thing which tabe brings the mountain lion's heads mountain lion's head back you're like, well, I know that Naru is going to bring the Predator's head back, or most likely is going to bring the Predator's head back. Right. So that's not really surprising, but it still works really well. Like, that's a nice, that's a cool moment where she comes back and she's got the Predator's head, and then she's like, colonizers are coming, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go faster. Um, but I just, I, I liked that scene, it's very satisfying, where she shows up in like the early, early morning with this Predator's head, and she's got like mm-hmm. the green blood on her and stuff, it's mm-hmm. great. She's using the green blood as like her new face paint. Yeah. Um, I also quite like, there's a setup that, again, it's like, you know this is going to come back around uh, early on in that lion, when when they're hunting a lion, where Tommy's like, look at it, look at it in the eyes and tell it this is as far as you yeah. go, no more. Uh, and then you're like, okay, she's going to say that to the predator. But then, because she doesn't say it to the lion, because uh, she's too busy trying not to die. And then uh, Tabe, I think, says it to the Predator before he dies. Or, or maybe I, he says, this is, he, this is as far as yeah, I go. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, oh, is that just going to be the only callback for it? But then she does say it mm-hmm. to the Predator before she kills it, which is nice. Yeah. It's like, okay, you, you know, you you gave us a doubt that uh, it would happen, and then you did it, and it felt better for it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Tyler, are you are you saying they... They thought about it when they wrote a Predator script? I want to just insert, like, alarm bells here. We have to press the red button. <laughs> I, don't, do? I don't, I don't think not we can do the podcast anymore. I think this, <laughs> this, is, this is the end of the line for us. Mo- movie, <laughs> movies have been fixed. No problems. And we'll never have problems again. Crap. All it took was a Hulu release for a Predator movie. And now yeah. movie, every movie will be good forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Dr. Zoidberg once said, things were bad, but now they're good forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a couple of issues with the movie. Um, Mostly just in terms of pacing. I thought the first third was a little slow. And then I thought the last third maybe went a little bit too far into just repeating the first predator movie um specifically the the one-on-one between arnold and the predator like that's very much what happens in this movie but then again that's what happens in every single predator movie so um but yeah I i thought it was a little slow going i did have a little bit tyler of that problem of like all right just get to the predator just doing stuff already like (laughs) i don't know It, it felt a little little too slow for me but. Yeah, it, it's a very. It probably could have been a little bit shorter overall. It's very methodically paced, um, but I think it. I think it ultimately worked for me for tension building, 
there were a couple moments where I was kind of like, all right, what's the next piece of action going to be? But I think the movie does a good job of always presenting you what the problem is in any given scene. Yeah. Uh, kind of going up to the bear fight and then you get into the predator killing the rest of the people that are with her in the tribe uh, after that fight. And like it, it builds stakes in escalation pretty well that I, in a way that I think worked for me ultimately of like, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think it, I think it was just stretched far enough to allow for it to work in the movie's favor and not start to detract from how long it was taking to get to the good stuff. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. And I think a lot of that pacing stuff, I might've even felt if I was sitting in a movie theater, kind of locked in with it, I think it wouldn't have, I think some of that stuff I noticed cause I knew that I could hit back on my remote and go do it, yes. which is always <laughs> not that I wasn't liking the movie. It's just, I'm very aware of yeah. the other stuff in my house. It's these, it's these phones, it's man. These things. Ah, yeah. That's what Dick Wolf keeps trying to tell us. <laughs> Probably. Dick Wolf could have killed that predator. He sure could have. Oh man. But maybe I, mean, I bet when he saw the wolf get killed, he was like, "Not my brethren, no sir. I'm gonna write. <laughs> I'm gonna write Chicago Predator, where that where, <laughs> where a bunch of really sexy municipal workers go and fight a big alien." With I mean, stories ripped from today's headlines, all all he has to do is get the predator to step in a particular spot that that just drops every single DVD season of his show. <laughs> on, on, like, the the predator's dead. Like there's no there's no coming back from that. Reduced to, <laughs> reduced to a like neutron star under the the gravity. Of <laughs> <laughs> it creates a black a gra- a black hole. Yeah. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> also, Ridiculous. Rid- Rid- <laughs> this is Ridiculous. <laughs> I can't wait to say that in normal conversation with people that don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Have you guys seen the new Predator movie? It's Ridiculous. I, um... I will also comfort our listeners that uh, Naru's dog lives through the whole movie and is helpful in the final fight and everything's okay. <clears throat> no worries. I think movies I... have largely learned to not kill dogs. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that they kind of got that out of the way in the opening scene with the dog getting caught in a bear trap. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, this is the dog has come into some harm yeah. but that's the worst that's gonna happen it's kind of like in early on in super eight after there's like a horrible train crash and all the kids are fine you're like oh okay it's not that movie no yeah kids don't die in this gotcha uh it's also nice that's also a good bit because that sets up the trappers and right that's how she gets captured by the trappers if she steps on a yeah. bear trap and then also the predator steps on one and that kind of that might be how they mm. determine it bleeds maybe i don't remember exactly it's also a nice moment of showing that she has enough ingenuity to figure out this machine. Mm-hmm. This is something she may not be familiar with, but she's like, oh, okay, I, I figured out how to open it. Yeah, um, And then to heal his tail with yeah. the, the poultice. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the moment, and it's at some point when he's attacking the French uh, colonizers, where there's like three of them, and they all fire their rifles, and nothing happens. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. The predator is not phased at all. And then they all just look at each other, and then they just start to try and reload yeah. their muskets. Mm-hmm. But it like it takes like an hour to reload a musket, right, so right. it's just like, 
Oh no, you're you're not getting out of that. <laughs> it is a nice little comedy beat <laughs> there of yeah. the like, uh, all right. <laughs> I did really like also um the bit where Naru kind of not befriends, but she has it like an uneasy alliance with yeah. that the one uh, French guy who's uh, missing a leg and she's trying to heal him. Yeah, the one um, who speaks Comanche. Right. Um and she's like all right i'll give you some medicine for the pain if you tell me how to use a gun yeah. and then she learns how to use a gun it's like a very natural right, way right. to have that happen instead yeah. of oh she just she automatically knows how to use a gun i guess <laughs> yeah and then he's like i was wrong girls really do get it done <laughs> oddly enough that's in the comanche dub weird <laughs> uh, yeah uh. i i like that also she uses the gun uh, to, like, I think maybe, I want to say during the fight with Tabe, where the Predator ends up killing him, his helmet, the Predator's helmet gets ripped off Yeah. Uh, before he puts it back on. And so she realizes, like, if I can get the helmet, I can use that to mess with the targeting and I can shoot yeah, him yeah. with his own things. Um, <clears throat> And so she uses the gun to shoot. I forget exactly what she does to distract the Predator. Oh, she, she... Captures one of the trappers. Uh, yeah. It might be French Mark Addy. It is, yeah. Uh, and like, Code uh, is like the meanest. Yes, and uh, makes gives him a gun so that the predator will go after him, and then shoots the predator in the back of the head because not to kill it because she knows that it's probably not going to work. But she steals the helmet at that point and runs yeah. off. Uh, that's really good. Like the movie does a really good job of helping you see the wheels turning for her. Yeah throughout the movie so that by the end she kind of concocts this this plan and she pulls back in the mud uh which is quite nice where she goes back to the the roots that she barely escaped the mud pit using her hatchet rope to drag herself out of the mud and then gets the predator to fall in there and then while it's stuck in there uses the lasers like it's it's a really nice it is a lot like the um the first movie and, and Arnold killing it, but I think it's a little less like over the top. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a little more like, okay, this is believable that somebody could pull this off uh, without a ridiculous amount of difficulty because they right. figured out how to kind of work around the predators programming. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned Aloy from horizon zero dawn. It's maybe more of like a new version of Lara Croft. <laughs> like maybe it's a little closer mm-hmm. to that. I just enjoyed that they had a fun spin on a predator killing itself because mm-hmm. at the end of the first one, basically the predator's a sore loser and it's like, hey, I've got a nuclear bomb here. I'm just going to blow myself up because I lost and hopefully it'll get you too, Arnold. Um, mm-hmm. I like how this one is like, nope, Naru tricked it into yeah. <laughs> putting an arrow through its head. Literally, <laughs> he know that not, uh, Arnold can absorb nuclear energy. It only <laughs> makes him stronger. I inject it into my biceps every day. <laughs> no problem. The most satisfying part of the reactor really is the pump. <laughs> um, the shot of the predator actually going down from the arrow in its head is like a very yeah. like fist in the air, mm-hmm. like hoorah. The, the shot of her aiming the the pistol at the back of his head is very good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just yeah, just very good camera work. Did you guys uh, watch the semi after credits? No. What was it? The bit. So, 
with the the credits are showing like an animated retelling of the yeah. movie. Yeah. And it's it's supposed to be like, oh, this is like the story, I guess, that they would pass down yeah, from generation tree. to generation. There's a bit at the end where after she has come back with the predator head, they then turn and look and there's like a fleet of predator ships coming uh, from the sky. Yeah. I must have I now that I do remember that, I just didn't think about it, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. I don't need a sequel to this, so I, I hope I praise. hope that's just I hope that's just like a well, the the revolver ended up in Danny Glover's hands, so that's sure. kind of yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. She traded it to them to kill the rest <laughs> of the trappers. Yeah. <laughs> um I yeah, I I am not normally someone who's immediately like, Oh, I don't need another sequel to this. Like I I'm I'm usually down for like if there's a good like reason to make something i'm normally like if if you can make anything work if you have the right kind of story idea so i'm not normally like against it this is one that would really have to sell me yeah. on the the need for a sequel i i could see that being something that's very like unnecessary and overdone uh if it's like now the tribe the whole tribe has to come together to fight a fleet of predators right uh that would be a lot and i don't i think this is such a strong concept and execution uh, on that concept that it's like yep that is all i needed if you're gonna make a sequel to it you better have a completely different angle to it because i don't just want like more of the same right but different because there's more sure (laughs) like But would we want them to pull an Assassin's Creed? I mean, I already gave my answer, but would we want them to do something like Assassin's Creed where they're jumping around different time periods and just, you know, a predator shows up in a completely different environment? For for me, I think that gets to a point where you've got to have some overarching idea, and I don't know what you do with the predator. Again, unless you go with one of our uh, free ideas, uh, Fox Disney (laughs) Uh, whatever the, the the shambling corpse of Fox that Disney has propped up uh, to continue making movies for Hulu. Uh, I call him the Fox <laughs> and the Hound, but go on. <laughs> uh, the, if they were to combine this with other franchises, like if they if they actually said, "All right, it's time to come up with a real plan for Predator and Alien," I still contend they should pull Terminator into it because why the heck not? Uh, you know, do something crazy and fun like that. And uh, Terminator's universal, right? We've talked about this, I'm sure. I don't know who has... I, o- I only know... I only think of this because I know there is or was a Terminator ride at Universal Studios in Florida at some point. I don't know if that was a loner thing where they just got the rights to that for that ride specifically or if they actually own the property. But I want to say it's Paramount. But it's one of those okay. things where it changes hands like every two or three years. Gotcha. So, so make it work. I don't know. It'll be fun. But I think if you're going to do something like that, there has to be a bigger vision. I don't really see. I don't really see how you do that in a way that doesn't immediately fall apart uh, and become just very like cynical and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like It would take a bit of like if you. My my one pitch, I think, for that, if I was like you can only work with those two properties and you have to do something cool with them uh, would be to combine them in a movie where you make like alien isolation, the movie, Mm. uh, but then a predator shows up on the ship and that's like not revealed 
in any of the marketing. Like, it's just like, oh, this is a new alien movie. Somebody's stranded on a ship. There's a bunch of robots and some, like, scavengers and stuff. But, you know, the aliens are out there. Uh, and then the big reveal partway through the movie is that there's a predator on the ship, too, and they're hunting each other and all that. And then I think, you know, you could do something like that uh, and start to, like, spin that off into maybe they all come to a futuristic cyberpunk Earth and... Yeah. It, you turn that's then you turn it into alien world's dominion uh <laughs> but like i i just know it's it's kind of like jurassic park i don't know what you do with that the longer you extend that into something that's a long form narrative like you just you would have to have somebody come in who just has this like amazing idea for a trilogy about these properties and wants to build a bigger narrative on it because i i think it would get this movie is really neat and does a lot of cool subversions of the usual way they approach it. It's still like, it's like you, you've explored the two extremes of how you can do this. A lot of what else you could do would fall in the middle of these two and just be the same thing again. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. have like your, your, your bookend franchise. We did yeah. it the big eighties way. We did it. The kind of stripped down. They <laughs> offer, they offered Dan Trachtenberg. And an option to do two more movies and have like a prey trilogy. And he goes, No, I have too much self respect for that. And so they're like, Shane Black, <laughs> we're giving you another shot. Do you want to come? Colin make... Trevorrow. Do you come, come on down. Do you want to come make the last prey? <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson, you're not oh. doing anything since, uh, uh, what was the, the the not Resident Evil video game movie he did like two years uh, ago? Phantom Monster, Monster Hunters. Hunters. That was did it. you say Phantom Thread? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, my favorite video game adaptation, Phantom Thread. <laughs> I uh, uh-uh. yeah. Well, Polly Bass Anderson can make Praise the Den Evil. That just sounds like president. Yeah, well, we all know who that would mean, am I right? Taft. And then... <laughs> it's Taft versus a predator. Now we've got a movie. Oh, snap. A predator sunk the Titanic. I feel Final like under answer. orders from Taft. Under orders from Taft. <laughs> I feel like we could talk... We're not so Paul different, W.S. you and I. Paul W.S. Anderson could be talked into doing Predator Destroys the Titanic. Yeah, He could be probably. talked into that. The world will not be saved by legislation. Only by you, tuk-tuk. And the predator is like... <laughs> and they hold out his hand and they shake. Yes. <laughs> Don't ever ask me about my work, tuk-tuk. <laughs> Which is the name of the predator. <laughs> I give Prey an A-. minus. I think it's pretty good and the Go. best predator movie. And I think... I think I gave Alien a A minus. Went all the way back to the early days. What do we got? Alien. You gave it an A. Okay. And then I gave Aliens an A plus. Correct. Okay. So I am, yeah, the, I'm ranking it my third favorite and my favorite Predator movie. I like it quite a bit. Uh, but you gave Predators an A plus, Tyler. What are you talking about? Oh, no. <laughs> a Predator made me give the wrong grade. <laughs> no, that was Relit, Evil Tyler. <laughs> uh, I give it a B plus. I, I also think it's just very, very strong. I am going to give it a B. 
I think this is. I think if I had watched the other Predator movies, I would probably rate it higher. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it's one of those deals where I'm like, oh my god, you did it. Yeah. But it was wait for my ne- next week when I do a recommendation for Predators. Hmm. I was thinking B minus, but I think you guys talked me into a B. It's a good picture. So I guess technically, yeah, it is the best of the Predator movies. Mm-hmm. There you go. Correct. Locked and loaded. So I don't have a movie to recommend this week. Um, so instead, I'll recommend a TV show. I have seen two of the three seasons. I'm about to start the third season, and that is called Sex Education. Uh, it's the Netflix series. Netflix has uh, been under a lot of fire for both creative and commercial reasons recently, mm-hmm. probably fairly. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Sex Education is one of the good ones. Uh it is it is a British show created by Laurie Nunn, and uh, yeah, I mean it's about uh, teens and our main character Otis. His mom is a sex therapist, and Otis has learned a lot uh, just from sort of being a, well. Both of his parents are sex therapists, but specifically his mother, and he's learned a lot about it. And he starts up this therapist, this sort of sex clinic uh, at his school, and it's just about the students there, and it's about sex education, but the. It is the best version, I think, of a raunchy teen sex comedy because yes. it is very, very sex positive. But it's the the point of the of the show is ultimately about being empathetic and being nice and about communication. And it finds the comedy in sex without making fun of people's various sexualities or sexual preferences. It's about respecting sexual preferences or kinks or needs mm-hmm. Um, there's a really, really, really well done sexual assault storyline in season two that is not rape. It's a different type of assault that is just beautifully handled. It is not too explicit. It's not too graphic. You can, I, I, I was able to handle it and I'm really sensitive about that stuff. And I thought it was just done really, really well. Um, it's, it's genuinely funny and it knows how to be very emotional and touching without, without feeling like it's no longer a comedy. Cause I feel like a lot of shows right now are like, we're a comedy. But we're really dimly lit, and it's mostly a kind of a shaggy guy stumping around New York for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is far and away a comedy, but is a very, very heartfelt comedy. The cast is fantastic. Uh, Aza Butterfield and Kuti Gatwa. Uh, Jillian Anderson's in The there. new Doctor Who. Yeah, the new Doctor Who and Kuti Gatwa. Uh, Emma, Emma Mackey is like kind of the lead female character, and she's amazing. She's mm-hmm. really wonderful. Amy Lou Wood and Connor Swindells. Uh, Stephen Fry has a brief appearance, and that uh, does he? Th- yeah, at the end of season two, and it thrilled me. <laughs> I was like, "That's Stephen Fry." Um, but it is, yeah. I, I, it's also a show without a lot of nudity, which I think is it's something that just mm-hmm. kind of occurred to me because it, it is about sex, but it's not about nudity. Like, it's not that salacious of a show. The sex is very frank, and they're. I mean, it's you know, it's a show about sex, but I think it is a show about acceptance of sex and accept and there's like there's a character who's asexual and the show is very loving towards that character and very respectful of like yeah that's fine that's it's not bad (laughs) it's all of this is okay as long as you comport yourself with decency um anyway i'm i'm just really in love with it i think there's like 24 episodes total like it's it's a british show they're not long seasons and the fourth season is yet to come but as of two seasons in i heartily heartily recommend it um sex education on netflix yeah, I don't know if I ever finished the third season of that, but I've watched most of it, and it is quite good. Big, big fan. And like, it's genuinely funny. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I come, yeah, it's it just it just works. So, Alex, you got a new Netflix show to watch? 
I, I do actually have that on my list. Yeah. There you go. My, my lengthy my lengthy backlog on just one of many well, uh, streaming services. What did you do to work on that backlog this week? I, I, I got through two and a half seasons of Better Call Saul is what I <laughs> okay. did. There you go. Good, good. I'm, look, look, you got to put in the time. That's that's the <laughs> only way you can accomplish this. You have to put in the hours. Um, no, Better Call Saul is great. Everyone uh, knows it's Alex great, and I can't wait for the last uh, last season. So, yeah, I got to get on that show. Also, I will. Uh, if any people need any more further reason to watch Sex Education, one of the uh, sort of main teens, he has two mothers. One of whom is. Um, hannah waddingham from ted lasso and game of thrones the other yeah. of whom is dr kynes from the new dune um so that's crazy <laughs> and mm-hmm. great uh, what you got tyler uh i finished players oh, nice. uh, and that will be my this is really confirming a recommendation i did a while ago but i'm i'm making it my main recommendation uh i think i talked a little bit about this but it is a paramount plus show about a it's a it's a mockumentary from the creators of American Vandal about a uh, esports team that plays League of Legends, uh, like a professional esports team, and breaking down like their history and how they ended up in a certain situation and like where they are now and like who the new players on their team are going to be and like it it is it it is the exact same magic trick that American Vandal both seasons do where it's like. We've got these silly, sort of unself-aware characters who are all, uh, you know, just kind of struggling with many different things in their lives and not really very well put together. But over the course of the season, you come to, like, totally love them and get invested in what they're trying to accomplish and uh, become super kind of hooked on their story. Uh and I want to spotlight it because I would like uh, it, it is right now. It has not been renewed for a season two. It is one of two shows on Paramount plus that are original. If I'm not mistaken, wow. uh, I could be wrong. There's probably others, uh, but the, these are the two it's this. And then there's an evil is another show, oh, the name yeah. of another show. Evil, yeah. That's supposed uh, to be really I, good. I know nothing about that one, um, but I would like nothing more than for the the show is it's 10 episodes, but they're each like 30 minutes to 45 minutes at the most. Uh, Some of them are even shorter. So like it's pretty easy to knock out. Um, And I would love nothing more than for even our meager audience to show a random uptick in people watching players and then immediately canceling their trial and until season like, two of players send, sending the message that uh hey paramount plus renew players um it hasn't been like confirmed or like they didn't sure, they haven't sure. said anything on the on it and the the show does end it's not like a mini series it is definitely like it sets up it works on its own it is very much like kind of swinging for the fences and hoping it will get a second season based on the ending but it it's not like a cliffhanger it's it's just like the characters are left in a different place than they were when they began it I, you know, if you watch the show, you're going to be left wanting to know where they go in the future. Um, so 100% recommend. Please go. You can definitely knock it out on a week long free trial of Paramount Plus. Uh, and 
you don't have to know anything about League of Legends. I do not know anything about League of Legends. The show does a really good job of rolling with that. Uh, I'm sure if you do know anything about it, it's probably like, please go watch it because it will probably like totally blow your mind because I think it is super in depth into like how, how granular it gets in some of the stuff, but there are a lot of characters who have no idea what's going on. And so like there are characters to relate to if you, if you're totally out of the loop Um, and it, it guides you through what's going on throughout all the matches and everything. Uh, so yeah, go get Paramount Plus just for this. Send the message is my final uh, command. And then uh, loan that Paramount Plus uh, free trial code to uh, some some uh, quirky friends so they mm-hmm. can watch uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. <laughs> and that's true. I guess the new sh- season of Beavis and Butthead is... Yeah, a Paramount Plus original, maybe. Correct. So they got that going for him too. <laughs> but so, so I take it you didn't the, the service didn't win you over for your actual money. Correct. As of right now, I did. I did have to re up for a month. Sure. Actually, I have immediately canceled after re upping, so that I just had the month and that was it. Yeah, I, yeah. I I took too long to finish up the show because I got distracted about halfway through, but. Yes. Yeah. That- Tyler's going to end up being the one defender of the Halo show. Is that Guys, on Paramount Plus? Is, yeah. No, don't, 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 don't let them put any more budget towards Halo. Let them put it towards Player Season Two, please. Yeah, that's the kind of show you got to support. That's that, that's the thing yes. that actually needs like a fan base to yes. get going. Don't put any budget towards Beavis and Butthead. It's funnier that way. <laughs> <laughs> eventually it's just mike judge holding up some drawings and going so basically it would go like this i mean that would be pretty good <laughs> uh, just sock puppets <laughs> this is fine yeah so we don't so know my my recommendation this week is is still beavis and butthead doing the universe <laughs> i guess there you go um yeah we don't and i still like after yang so check that out uh <laughs> I we don't know yet what we're doing next week. We're gonna figure it out. Yeah, I'll probably but, not like it, regardless of what what it is. Yeah, you you can figure <laughs> it out for yourself next week by going to herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We are on uh, Spotify and Apple Music and all the other podcast things. Uh, we do have a meme sent in, which I will give a visual description of uh, from friend of the podcast, Joseph. This was actually a little while ago. I should have read it on the last show. Oh, my um, God. The the meme is uh, the right one, right? Yeah. The meme is uh, the, the primary image is an image of uh, it, it, apparently this is Shrek's Adventure London. Uh, and there is a man... <laughs> Uh, proposing to uh, a woman in front of Shrek, who uh, has a big smile. The, the Shrek mascot has a big smile and has an, a, a hand on his on his chest. There, um, uh, the, there's a banner that says "Welcome Home" above them. <laughs> uh, and the the te- the text around this is: Last weekend, just in time for Valentine's Day, we had our very first proposal at Shrek's Adventure London, and she said yes. Congratulations to the couple, and we wish them a happily ever after. In Happily ever after in quotation marks. Sure. Um, and then uh, I believe this is on Tumblr. Skeladoodler says, I will now not be accepting any marriage proposal from anyone unless it is presented in front of Shrek. 
That is uh, a top form meme from friend of the podcast, Joseph. If you would like me to give uh, verbal descriptions of your memes uh, and let you know what we think of them, then please do please do email us with your memes. Uh, I, I, we need I, to we need to have a new section of the podcast called "Describe Your Memes." We will describe your memes. <laughs> yeah. So this one's like a frog, and I think he's problematic. I can't quite tell. <laughs> he's definitely sad. Um, I I I don't know if it would be worse to have Shrek officiate your wedding or just regard your proposal. <laughs> he just anoints your promise. I guess at that point. Both. I swore to you before Shrek, be done. before God and Shrek, that I <laughs> would love you forever. Oh, man. Ah, love is alive. Well, guys, yeah. whatever. Uh, we'll see if love is still alive after whatever movie we watch next. I'm not sure. It will be. It will be. Come on. I'm a hopeful fella. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hopeful fella, who is me, Am Britton. I've been Alex. <laughs> I've been Tyler. Uh and you're you're having a good night.